Welcome to Game Store Profits, where we talk about God, gaming, and groups. I'm your host, Daniel Fisher, and today we are joined with Mike Perna. Greetings. And Jeff Romo. Uh, uh, hello, internet, is that you? <laughs> well, uh, I believe this is our Gen Con preview, guys. It is. This is showing up literally the Monday before, which is particularly fun because... Uh, literally days after this episode goes live, Daniel will be riding up to Indy to go hang out at Gen Con. <laughs> yes, I'll be driving up on a wonderful uh, Wednesday morning after I drop my children off at school. and uh, It's going to be that brisk summer air in the morning with my the hair blowing back of the convertible minivan. <laughs> so, yeah, see, I, that kind of ruins my image because I pictured you kind of roll on the freeway and like... Uh, I don't know, like a, a, a 68 Lincoln Town Car or Lincoln Continental, you know, with the suicide doors and just, you know, just rolling along. And I may have got the years wrong there. Sorry, guys. But, uh, yeah, just rolling in that convertible and just the hair back and everything. Oh. No, no, I rock the grocery getter. <laughs> the minivan awesome. fits my my uh, image very well because you got to realize that not only is he going to, he's coming back from and you don't want to put, you know, a pile of games in the back of a convertible and oh, yeah. watch as everything flies out onto the highway. <laughs> well, I will tell you, I did learn to drive on a 67 Caddy nice. without curb fillers. I can't imagine a better car to learn how to drive in because if you can drive in a boat like that, you can pretty much drive anything. Oh, yeah. That's pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. All right, so I I do think we should get to the nitty gritty of this pretty quickly, but just in real short fashion, you know, what, what have you guys been up to? What have you been playing? What have you been up to? Well, uh, me, I've been getting ready with the 3d printer for Gen Con, but I did get a chance in to squeeze in some twerps with my kids. And now, now to clarify, because there was some confusion in the tavern, <laughs> this is not GURPS for small people. No, no. It, it is a play on the name GURPS, but it's TWERPS. It stands for the World's Easiest Role-Playing System. So pretty much what you have here is one stat. That stat is strength. Um, you come up with that stat by rolling a D10 and then consulting a chart. And then um, whenever you're told to make a roll, you take your strength and add the roll of a D10 to it. And if it's the number that the DM's looking for, then you pass. And then you can get things to make that stat go up, like certain armor, certain weapons. Uh, certain armor will make the stat go down as well, things like that. And it's designed for just light play, but it's really fun with kids. Nice. That's awesome. Well, Jeff, what about you? Have you been playing anything recently? Well, I wanted to give Daniel a quick warning that, you know, he says he was getting his 3D printer ready for Gen Con. I just want to make sure you can't print Gen Con. You just have to go. <laughs> you just no, drive there. I've, I've been pushing the dice towers out like mad. I'm printing game tables right now. <laughs> Stand back. I printed a and d manual on my 3D printer. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> it's so heavy. <laughs> Well, uh, by far less grandiose and with no paper to be seen or anything printed. I, I go purely digital. I've been prepping for the next uh, summer one-shot for stars with without number. I was about to say with number, but that would just be ridiculous. You'd be kind of stuck to one corner of the sky, and that's just not adventurous at all. 
But uh, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun prepping for that game. It was a nice tie-in to um, the old school conversation that I had with the Mad Cleric and then also dovetailing off of the success you had with your own broadcast for the Mad Cleric. Oh yeah, Daniel. I loved it. Kudos to that. It was super awesome. Thank you. Um, if you guys haven't checked it out, go out there, find the Mad Cleric, find his podcast for uh, Chasing the Dragon, which is about his adventure into AD&D land, first edition. I'll leave it there. It's so much awesome. Uh, but anyway, Stars Without Numbers, a nice little harken back to the old school rules. Um, great little stat thing here for combat when you roll up your D20. You basically target, you grab the person's AC, the higher the better, because that means you add it to your roll. And if you get a 20 or better, you hit. So I, it kind of reminds me of the old days, which was kind of nice. But uh, they also add a nice skill set or a skill system within the game that's uh, very easy to learn very easy target numbers to keep track of and i'm um, having a lot of fun prepping for that so i got five five folks that are chomping at the bit to get into a free trader merchant ship and go tearing butt all over the galaxy so we'll see excellent yeah uh by the time this goes up i will have played some board games uh i'm looking forward to that but as of right now, uh, this past weekend was dedicated to role-playing games. I, I feel as if I channeled the spirit of Romo, and <laughs> uh, I got to play all sorts of role-playing. I started out on Friday night running my Numenera game. Uh, we added a new character, and it's so fun because <laughs> it, it. we introduced a, a character, and, and this woman, I swear, everything she said was amazing. But it took her 20 minutes to say it. Huh. Because, because she had that moment where she was so worried about being right. Like, I don't know if this is in the game. I don't know what, what this looks like. I'm like, just just say it. I I can promise you, if it's cool, I will make it canon. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But, uh, but no, it was, it was a good time had by all. Um, we, had to, we brought the group back. Because they had, you know, had a, a couple guys who missed the last session. So brought everybody back after Ding Dong ditching the murder cult. Huh. Um, and yeah, that was a blast. Uh, and then Saturday, I got to play in my D&D game. Which is fun because, you know, as is the case, I always play a dwarf. Uh, probably my next character I'm going to bust out from dwarves just because I've been, played too many of them. But... Uh, <laughs> This this particular dwarf, uh, I kind of just played him out of necessity. We needed somebody to roll tank, so I rolled tank. Um, but this, after this weekend, he's kind of settled in. Like I really am digging his character now. Uh, he's the first character that I've played since way back in the day that has multi-classed. Ah, what do you what do you got in the brew there? He's currently a level six fighter and a level two cleric. Awesome. Thought you were going to say uh, he was a thief. No. <laughs> no, that's personally my favorite combo. But uh. he is, he, it, and it's it's sick. I don't know if it, it. I had one of those combinations where I swear I had to look at my DM and go, "Look, this is how I'm reading this. Is it right?" And he goes, "Yeah, that's how I read it too." Because yeah. basically, at the level of fighter that my guy is, he gets two attacks, and then because I took a war domain cleric, he's a he's a cleric of Torm. He gets a bonus attack. So my guy gets to attack three times. Yeah. Every turn. It's a, it's a good, it's a definitely a good combo there, especially with Torm. So, so 
And it's it's really cool too because like my guy's background is hermit, which you wouldn't expect for a fighter. But uh it it really works out cool because we're doing the whole Tiamat plot line because we're all adults wow. and and the guy who's running the game doesn't have time to create stuff on the fly. Is it uh is it the Adventure League stuff? Not the Adventure League stuff, just the the book modules that you can buy. Oh, okay. Cool. Right on. So, uh we're doing that and the I, I just straight up rolled his background because I you gave me a chart and I, I because of the fact you this, have to roll on it because of the fact to. this is my first fifth edition game I'm like no no there are charts I'm rolling on charts yeah. and uh, his his thing for Hermit was is that he has visions and whatever that he saw in his visions will destroy the world and we're yeah. running the Tiamat module perfect so my guy basically has this overwhelming fear of dragons but it's not like a cowering fear it's a i must destroy you all fear (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah for a while there he's just been kind of boring you know fighter guy but after this weekend he his story is really cool he now feels like i'm actually writing up a little backstory thing about how you know in light of all the visions he's receiving, he's received a vision from Torm, and that's how he's kind of taken on the cleric mantle. It's it's real good. I'm I'm super into it now. He's he's definitely settled in. So that's a that's a that's a bit of a departure from your uh, your dwarf cleric from our little uh, our little D and D game. No, that that guy was straight up cleric. That dude. <laughs> <laughs> that that dude had no no desire to be anything but a cleric. In fact, he was kind of upset that they made him leave. <laughs> you know, I one that I would be remiss not mentioning and thanking the uh, the folks with the uh, uh, my uh, my first session of of uh, Summer One Shots, the Dungeon World game. That was off the chain spectacular. So I want to thank you know Alyssa. I want to thank Alistair, Brent. Justin, I mean, these folks were just super awesome and super creative. So thank you for making it an excellent game. And it was it was so fun, too, to see, like, a bunch... I mean, obviously, Brent and Alyssa, we've been playing with the, the Victoriana game. But it was fun to see more people that I've seen that have actively been a part of the tavern, you know, right. on screen and participating. That was really... That was great. Yeah, and I, I love really the little cool. video. I'll be sure to, to link the video when I post this. Yeah, definitely. It's good stuff. All right. Uh, thankfully, you know, normally I kind of mourn the fact that we have, we occasionally have weeks where we don't get a lot of gaming in because it's the summer and vacations and, uh, but yeah, don't mourn it now. We've got plenty to talk but about. But exactly right. This, this is not a week where I mourn not having more gaming to talk about because Gen Con, I, when we came up with like, all right, we got to do a preview episode. It's, it's happening that Monday. We got to do it. I had to limit myself and even limiting myself my list was like 15 deep and that's even limiting myself just to releases at Gen Con that are available for purchase. Like this doesn't include the stuff that's demo only. It doesn't include the stuff that technically got released early. It's not, it doesn't include the stuff that's going to be released at Spiel or anything like that. This is just Gen Con releases that can be purchased and my list was still that deep. That's how much stuff is coming out this year. So, who, who wants to open up this this shindig? Who wants to? I guess I'm I will. Kinda, 
I'm about to say, I'm kind of thinking we should let Daniel go because he's actually going to be there this year. I am. No. I no. Mean, yeah. I don't think he should go. No. I don't think he no, should go I'm at all. No, I go. I don't care what you say. I'm, no, I'm going to mute you. I know I'm going to be a proud participant in Gen Cant this year, <laughs> but uh, Daniel actually gets to be at the event. So you, you know this is our anniversary there, Mike. This is our anniversary. What? Yeah, first meeting in real life. I got I got to I got to meet Daniel in person last year. I know. All right, here's some weakness <laughs> tissues. Let's move. Okay. On. All right. All right. All right. So um, I I did I included games that are just going to be demoed as well. Um, there's a few games that, um, and, and, and I'll tell you, I'm going to start my list out, but there will be a few that I stop on. Um, the first game is One Deck Dungeon. It looks kind of cool, but it also, for some odd reason, it reminds me of Munchkin. Because you're battling with cards, and then, um, you take and, you know, build your character based on the cards you win when you fight the monsters, but you're going through a dungeon. It kind of reminds me of that from what I've been reading, but it looks like it's going to be fun. Uh, the next one is Obama Llama. Okay. What? <laughs> yes. Now, 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 because of who's putting that out, I've seen a bunch of stuff. I, I don't know anything about gameplay, but I've seen just the name across my screen of Obama Llama. Tell me what this game is about. So pretty much, it's it's kind of a party game. So somebody yells out a word, and you have to rhyme it with another word. Okay, that makes sense based on what I've heard. Yeah. And now this next one, I'm really excited about, and I hopefully will be bringing it home. It's called Hive Mind. Hmm. Is is that one? I I thought that the the BGG list had Hive Mind being a later release that it wasn't going to be at. Gen Con itself. I didn't check. I think it if, is. No matter what it is, explain it to okay. the good people. So, so the, the cool part about this game is um, everybody's got to think alike. And if you don't think like that other person does when it comes to the question or scenario that's brought forth to you, you're, you lose. And, and, and they, you know, everybody else wins. So is it like cards? Like what? How from, does it from what I understand, it, it there is cards involved, but there's a little game board that everybody has tokens for. Um, there, there isn't. There's just a little bit about it, not too much as far as going into depth on it. But, um, but it looks pretty cool because um, I kind of like bees right now for some odd reason. I don't know why. <laughs> I kind of want to start beekeeping. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> But th- that plus my wife really likes party games, and I think she would like that game. So, there you go. Yeah. So I, uh, I think I think there there is a growing platform for the party game thing. Like I don't think any of us. It's I don't think this is on any of our lists. But uh, Codenames Pictures yeah. is getting released mm-hmm. at Gen Con, and it, the with the overwhelming awards that that Codenames has picked up this year. I I think there's going to be this swing of party games coming out because uh, the guys who made Two Rooms and a Boom have World Championship Russian Roulette. Like there's there's a lot of room out there for the I don't want to call them necessarily lighter because some of them are pretty heavy deduction, but but just that that big group kind of throw it together party game. I think there's a lot of room for that coming out. Oh, yeah. Um, the next one is Pandemic Reign of Cthulhu. So... Because, uh, of course, there has to be. 
Yeah, I mean, this is Pandemic's one of my favorite games, and then Cthulhu, you know, it's a no-brainer. Uh, now, this next one is kind of special. It's going to be in demo. It's called Dice Wars. And oh, that, that's got to stretch like seven or eight of your itches. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, though, it's by <laughs> Wiz Dice. Oh, your people. Yeah, so like... Um, I've been I've been on the uh, horn with them a little bit about it, and uh, I actually was like, "Can I come by the office and demo it there?" And they're like, "Let me check." And then they're like, "Well, let's just bring it to Gen Con." So uh, they're going to bring it, and it's still going to be like the prototype board and the prototype dice and all that stuff. But they're going to let people play it. What is it? It's it's an adventure game that you're pretty much playing. It's a board game that you're playing. This is all I know about it that you're playing with. The your your standard polyhedra sets. So it it each die does something different, and that's all they'll share with me at the moment. Oh wow! Yeah, now, is, are they going to actually have you know a showing like a booth or no. something, or is this just a demo? It's for it's, you? it's it's, a, it's well they they after me asking to come and play it with them because they're out of Indianapolis. Um, I, they were like, well, we really can't have you here. Let's just bring it. We got a guy going to Gen Con. We'll have him and he'll bring it there and we'll get some people together and we'll all play it. So I, I guess they did it just for me, uh, because I asked about, I was going to be the first non, um, the first non, um, employee to play it. Cause they were going to see that right there. That's an, that's an inroads exclusive I know. right there. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, but you I am talking super like, stoked about it because I love that company in general because they're they're really good people, um, and they're getting ready to come out with some more dice. But anyway, um, you keep talking I, like I, this, Daniel. I'm going to have you write up a full report after this is over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make them write up report. Man, I don't want no homework. Um, the next game, <laughs> the next game, I'm kind of excited about is Brick Party. Have you seen this? I, you know, I saw it on the list of releases. I know it's it's a boat boatload of dice, but other than that, I have no idea what it is. No brick party what's, what's is it Legos. Called again? It's called brick party. Oh, brick party. brick party. Okay, yeah, it's... okay maybe I maybe I I miss. Let me. I'm gonna call up. You know, I have the the great and powerful BGG open in front of me. I'm just gonna have to look it up then because I have I have no idea what it is. Then I thought it was it's, something else. It's pretty much Pictionary yeah, with I th- Legos. I thought it was like a, I thought it was like a looting game. It, you it, know. It, it's it's Pictionary with Legos. Gosh. Your teammate says, "Draw, uh, build this, and you have to build this out of Legos." And they're like, "Okay, build this one-handed out of Legos." So it's <laughs> it seems pretty cool. I think my son would really like that one because he's really big into Legos. Um, the next one is um, Covert. Have you seen this? I I've only seen the cover of it. Like I don't know anything else about it. So it's from what I've heard, it's a kind of a slow game, but there's a lot to it. Like there's code breaking, um, things of that nature, passing secret messages and such. Um, but I hopefully will get a chance to play it while I'm there. Um, then the next one is Salem. Oh, Salem! Salem's a, a deduction game based on the the witch trials, right? And I actually have a guy who's wanting to buy that for the ministry over, down here. Uh, but I hadn't got a chance to play it yet. He keeps bringing it up. It's like, I'm going to buy you Salem because he sees well, how much the kids like when not ultimate werewolf. And I'm like, I really don't think the kids can play Salem. Well, <laughs> I, I can definitely point you to, uh, give a shout out to Dan King, Game Boy Geek. 
he he has a pretty solid review of Salem. Okay, it seems it seems interesting because you're trying to figure out like who's a witch and who isn't, and what card did you play versus what card do you still have. It it looks interesting, but I have no idea if it's because I I tend to run really hot and cold in these games, and not having played it myself, I don't know where this one would fall. Yeah, but it definitely has potential. Uh, now, after that, um, this game... Now, originally, when I first started in the podcast, we did a What We're Looking Forward To for for Gen Con this year, and this was months back. Me and Jeff, remember that? The list we did? These yeah, next two list, yeah. have not left my list. They are the, the first one is not available at Gen Con. Um, I'll only be able to play it, and that's Gloomhaven. Yeah. Gloomhaven looks, I'm not going to lie, it looks sexy. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, and, and I don't know how to play because I, I just don't. The next one do, after do that. Do you know, like, like for for people who might not have heard about it, what, gener- what's, what type of game is it? What's the setting? It's like some sort of off-world-ish type uh, fantasy, not really like an RPG or nothing like that. Um, I, I don't have as many details of it. It's just the cover art that's pulling me to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I'm that person. That's why I mention cover art all the time because I'm just like one of my, one of my picks is strictly driven by the yeah. art, and then I found out more about the game, and I'm like, yeah. And then my final mm-hmm. game is Hero Quest. I mean, Scythe. No, <laughs> you're no. you're still trying to convince me to go one for one trade with my copy of Hero Quest for a copy of Scythe, aren't you? I'm thinking about it. Depends <laughs> because you know what. I'm gonna the the moment the doors open because I have a dealer badge. I get in an hour early, so yep. I'm gonna walk directly to their booth and buy. Well, if a you copy. got a dealer badge, you can go whenever. Well, I can go the day that everybody's setting up and buy a copy, but you know I'm not gonna be that guy. Um, but <laughs> but you know I'll hold it up for you to drool over and take a picture of it. Um, it's it's gonna be so pretty. I know, I know, it looks wonderful. And I do have two honorable mentions <laughs> as well. Um, you know, I don't really like games that revolve around IPs for some odd reason because I don't I don't like themed games too much. Well, it's, a lot of them suck too. Yeah, and and these two I've got to try them out. The first one, and if this one's good, I may be bringing it home. Is the Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle? I've heard good things about it. It's a deck builder. I normally don't go for deck builders, but you know my entire family is a Harry Potter fanatic family. Yeah. It seems like something would be kind of good. And then the next one is because just because it's one of my favorite movies, The Crow fired up. Yeah, I saw that. I, <laughs> I, as much as I'd love to see a good crow game, I don't, I don't think it. I. I mean, it's the crow. I mean, people have. Been, I think that that IP is cursed. Yeah, literally. I mean, Maybe no joke, cursed. Because, yeah. But I mean, we we just don't know. It might be a good game. You've got to find. Pretty much, the game is, revolves around the first book, the movie. You know, finding the the gang that killed you and your girlfriend. Okay. So, is it the movie or is it the graphic novel? The, the, it it's based for? off the the movie, from what I understand. So. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, not to get well, one one thing I'm going to ask you, Daniel, and I want you to do this as a personal favor to me, <sighs> is that at some point you need to go into an area that you're not allowed, and then when they ask you what the heck are you doing here, and you you are to wave your badge, your your uh, dealer's badge, and say diplomatic immunity. 
see, there's there's a couple of ways you could have gone there. I was half expect, expecting you to say multipass. <laughs> no, there, there is that. Yes, there is that. But I had that in my head first. No, see, that, that's, <laughs> I have a problem, and my wife can't stand this. I can talk to anybody. So, like, if I go somewhere that I'm not supposed to go, I will strike up a conversation with someone just so I could stay there. Like, and she cannot stand that. Like, we, you know, I, I, as as you all know, I play Pokemon Go. And uh, we were standing outside of a Mexican restaurant downtown last night. And we were talking to our friends and people would come around. And I'd yell out, hey, there's a Geodude over there. And then they would be like, just chatter with me. And she's like, stop it. You're embarrassing me. And, and and these people were coming up and going, what did you see and where was it? And I'd point them off to places and show them little apps for their phones to help them find Pokemon. And she's like, just just go to your car. Aww. <laughs> now, I will, I will be clear. You did actually see these Pokemon, right? You're not just randomly shouting out. No, I did. I did. I, I found an app called Poke Detector. Okay, and it runs on your phone and it scans the area, so it'll pop up on your phone that there's this Pokemon in the area without you opening the app. Well, that's that's handy because that app drains power, man. Yeah. Well, because I I found out that apparently there is at least one Pokemon Go event at Gen Con where literally people are are planning on getting together to hunt Pokemon at the convention. I I don't see how you can, though. The problem is is that when you get into an area that small with that many people on their phones, Internet's going to suck. Oh, yeah, it's going to be awful. I've tried that. I have tried to run all sorts of Internet because, obviously, for the past couple years, I've been doing it for the ministry. And so I want to put stuff out on Instagram and everything like that. What usually ends up happening is, is I'll take all the pictures, I'll do all the little little recordings and whatever, and then it, it won't actually hit the internet until like I get to the hotel room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, well, you gotta. I mean, I'm gonna, I would imagine they have to do the little little uh, Pokemon hunt outside. You know, like it, so you get a little bit of a clearer signal. Yeah. Well, I tried. And plus, to... I mean, as if I understand correctly, the the rows between the booths and stuff, like the aisles, are even going to be narrower this year. Yeah, than they were last they've, year. They've packed more into it this year, which is yeah. going to be nuts because those things are breathing room only, pretty much. All right, I want you to spare half an hour of your day to go and find the guy dressed up as a full space marine and follow him around for a little oh, while. Okay, you I... jo- you joke. I see one no. at least every year. Oh yeah, I'm the, not joking. The guy you're I'm talking about. Do it. I want to see him try and get through an eye. I, I met him at Dragon Con two years ago, and um, I stood up next to him, and his shoulder pads came to my head. Uh, but the the, so cool. the problem is he doesn't go into the main areas. He stays out in the hallways. Yeah. Yeah, because he's a kind, considerate person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with a chainsaw blade. <laughs> yeah, no, I. there have been times when I, I see people dressed in, in amazing cosplay, and I'm like, you are awesome. Please stay out of the dealer hall dressed like that. <laughs> <laughs> For the sake of all of us. Yes. Uh, all right, Mr. Romo, right. do you want me to go next, or do you want to tackle your uh, list? Why don't Why don't you? I'll I'll probably go pretty fast. Just again, I'm even though I've been on the podcast for a while, I'm still fairly new to the to the hobby, and I think I want to make sure you have some time to to go through your plethora. Well, you are you are still our resident role playing expert. <laughs> don't tell anybody. It it's it's still funny to me just how much I get called. I get like summoned to the internet. To talk about board games, like it's it's still funny that on Game Church, I can always tell when somebody's brought up a board gaming topic because 
three or four people have tagged me before I even get a chance to see it. <laughs> That's why um, I'm telling you to keep your mouth shut about me so that they don't do that to me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will kind of shorten my list with a couple brief ones because I've already talked way too much about these titles. We've already mentioned Scythe. Yeah. It's mechs in 1920s era Eastern Europe. I There's a dude with a bear. That's all I'm going to say. It's <laughs> all I need. Is this a Russian and game? Our artwork is spectacular. It, it's, it, it's a fictitious kind of place, but it's like Eastern Europe, Russia. It's that that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, it looks amazing. The miniatures are gorgeous. Uh, there are times when I'm, I just find myself kicking myself. It's right up there with Blood Rage. Like More often than not, if a, if a game gets kickstarted and I miss it, I go, you know what? It'll be good. I'll just buy it when it becomes available for retail. But when Blood Rage did it, I was kicking myself because I ended up paying the same money later for not as much stuff, but I didn't have the money when the Kickstarter happened. The same's going to happen with Scythe. Like, I've seen the stuff the Kickstarter guys get, and I'm like, dang it. I wish I somehow had the money for that because they're so gorgeous. But I will own it at some point. Uh, Seafall is also one that I'm not going to talk about because I don't need to. It's Plaid Hat. It is uh, Legacy Style Gaming. It's Pirates. I, do I need to explain more than that? No. Oh, no, you don't, me hearty. Okay, now we'll get into some stuff. Some of this, uh, another another link I'll post when this, the show goes live is the my Gen Con preview, which I did literally the day after Origins was over, the day that... Uh, the folks at BGG put up their preview like the day I, I put this together. So there there is some stuff that's changed. And the first title I'll, I'll mention is one that went from my... Uh, I, I broke down the original list into I'm excited about it, I'm curious about it, and I know next to nothing about it. This title was in the curious. And now that some more information has come out and some pictures and some video reviews, it has skyrocketed to a game I'm excited about, and that's Cry Havoc from Portal. Uh, This game looks amazing. It has a lot of the stuff that I love. Uh, It has cool minis, but the minis aren't, you know, for lack of a better term, pretentious. They're, like, just good-looking miniatures that uh, just basically uh, set each team apart from the other. It's interesting races. It's asymmetric. Like each race has their own like special ability, special thing they can do, and you're all basically trying to take over this planet. The one player are the are the natives of the planet uh, who are just trying to protect their home. The other guys are the the basically space marines. They're not space marines, but they might as well be. I know they might as well be space marines. Um, (laughs) Interstellar Jarhead. There you go. Um, but, uh, and then the other, the other people are these weird, like weird mystical alien shenanigans. I don't know what to, how to describe them, but you're all trying to take over this planet and you're doing it by like, you know, conquering little areas and controlling areas and gaining victory points. And it involves, you know, a little bit of, of deck management. Like each, each team has their own deck of stuff and it, oh, just, all you need to do is go to BGG and look up Cry Havoc and it's looking good. It's so pretty. It is just amazing. And now that the reviews have started showing up on the, on how the game plays, 
I, I just want it. I want it so bad. <laughs> the other one also got mentioned on my list, but and it was a game that I was excited for there. I'm excited because it does it is available for sale. Um, I'm really tempted to get myself a copy and then appara- you know, uh, the game's designer, uh, Jeff Engelstein, lives maybe 20 minutes from me. And so I just want to show up at his front door with a copy of Dragon and Flagon and have him like sign it and play with him because he's just awesome. He'd be like, weirdo. No, no, I've, I've contacted him before. I would have to like, say, because he actually told me that we need to get together sometime and like have coffee or whatever. I just need to make sure that I tell him, hey, Jeff, can we do that today? <laughs> but Dragon and Flagon is, I, it, it has almost become a necessity that it is to be added to the library because it's a bar brawl. It's a 3D board where you are literally like flipping tables and throwing beer mugs and breaking chairs. It's all 3D. It's wood and cardboard. It it's amazing. <laughs> it has this amazing table presence. It's got a, a fantasy tavern feel to it. There's no way that I can't have this. Be- I mean, it's just it's so perfect for us. So cool. I'm definitely excited about it. It does look pretty simple to play, but I mean, just again, the table presence alone makes me want to get this game. Awesome. Um, one from the good people at Stronghold, which Dragon and Flagon is from Stronghold, but so is, is Terraforming Mars. And Terraforming Mars, I don't know as much as some of the other titles on the list, but I'm really intrigued by this. Because it's it's the closest thing to like a euro that I, I'm looking at because it is about gathering up your victory points and building stuff to get your victory points and that kind of game doesn't always get me, but I don't know if it's the subject matter or the fact that you're it's it's all about card play and you're trying to to buy up the right type of cards. Uh, determining when you want to get like the cheap and dirty cards versus the the really expensive but really beneficial cards. I I love the fact that you're the goal of this game is to terraform Mars, so you're technically working all together because what each player is doing leads to Mars being terraformed. So you're technically all working together, but you're trying to work the most together. <laughs> like you're trying to have the biggest slice of the pie you're all making. And so, because a good portion of why I don't like Euros is because it just seems like you're all in your own little island. But this game, you you are really trying to work together and compete. So I think that aspect of it is really something that will kick it up to a notch. That is in and and, uh, and don't worry, the pieces are self guiding. I ugh, <laughs> stop it. There is one game on this that is straight up uh, IP. Oh uh, it is it is a pre- is a pressure lo- press your luck card game based on Bloodborne, <laughs> and I've been looking at this ever since Cool Mini or Not Expo, and ever since news of that was coming out and they showed pictures, I've been looking forward to the Bloodborne game. Um, I really like the idea of of the fact that if you lose, you're not out; you just come back, but I, I like the idea of you're just trying to go that much farther into the fight, get that many more hits in before you have to pull out. Um, it's an Eric Lang game, and that man at this point can do no wrong in my eyes. 
I'm super excited. I love just the art style of Bloodborne. Like, I don't even play the video game, and just the lore of that game is so phenomenal. It's kind of like like Dark Souls because I've never played. I've 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 played maybe fifteen minutes of a Dark Souls game, but I can tell you so much of the lore that's come out of it because that stuff just you know cranks my chain. And <laughs> I yeah, Bloodborne. I'm super excited about it. Uh, Junk Art was another one that made my initial list. Um, I love it because it's it's part. Uh, dexterity game, but it's. I think there's something like ten different ways of playing using the same pieces, and yeah, ten game modes. The BGG listing says, uh, "I I think that's fascinating that you're playing ten different styles of game with the same pieces." Uh, I I like the fact that none of the. It's not like like, all the same type of pieces. It's, it's all sorts of different, weird-looking stuff, and you're trying to potentially either build it up or, or depending on what mode you're doing, you're doing different stuff. I think that's, that's amazingly fascinating, uh, just with the potential. This, the next one, I... <laughs> this is another pressure luck, but I'm not gonna lie. Two-thirds of why this made my list is probably due to the fact that it's got a 3D airship that your little figures ride around in. <laughs> You're just buying it for D and D player. I'm not gonna lie; that did cross my mind. Um, it's called Celestia. Nice. Um, again, this is it's a little bit of pressure luck because each each turn, uh, one of the players basically takes the role of the captain, and the other players are trying to figure out when's a good time to jump off to get what they can. You either jump off early, and you might you know get a something but maybe not maybe if you go a little farther you get something even better um Mm -hmm. and so you're trying to figure out like how far you can push it before you basically capsize the ship um (laughs) i i think it really looks interesting it looks like a lot of fun um but at the same point it, it it it's light and it's silly and there's a 3d airship Right. Um, it looks like a lot of fun. I, I, I kind of fell in love with this title when I saw the Shut Up and Sit Down review of it. And I I think it's really good for what it is. And I look forward to playing it. Uh, it looks kind of cool. It, it really does. I like the style of, style of the, little, the little boat with the nipples in it. I'm all for meaningful decision making. And yeah. in a game like this, in a pressure luck game where there might be value in jumping off like literally right away. Right. Like I, I think that's fantastic. Um, I'm going to skip the one. Let's go to, I'm going to go to the King's Abbey. Uh, the King's Abbey really flew under my radar. Like I, I didn't know anything about this game. Uh, it, it wasn't until I saw it, literally on the BGG list that it really kind of caught my attention because each, again, it's, it's kind of a, a Euro ish worker placement title where you're trying to build up this little Abbey. And so you, everybody has their own little player board, their own little space, but I don't know. I don't know if it's the theme or what, or the fact that you're moving little monks around the world to do different stuff. I, I want to play this. I really do. Uh, like I said, I can't point to any specific stand-apart thing that sets it apart from any of the other little worker placement games where you all have your own little player mat, 
But mm. I want to build an abbey. I want to move my little monk meeples around. <laughs> and uh, I want I want to build an abbey. So that's there. And then the last one, the last one I'll say, because it is a role-playing game, I saved it for last. I have been waiting for the right book for the End of the World series to come. Yeah. Um, I, I have a lot of love for the Wrath of the Gods one, but because yeah. of the fact, because of the nature of the ministry that we do, I'm like, oh, the, the Wrath of the Gods one might ruffle some people's feathers. So as much as I, I wanted to, like, have myself running side by side with, like, Fenrir, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna, I, I you know, I'm, I'm not gonna put that one away. Uh, so that means that Revolt of the Machines is, if I was going to get an end of the world book, it would probably be Revolt of the Machines. And that one is getting released at Gen Con. Yes. Uh, yes, yes. In the off chance that you have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, Fantasy Flight Games uh, does a role playing series called End of the World. And it's all different ways that the world ends. There's the zombie, re- uh, the zombie uprising, the uh, Wrath of the Gods, there's the. Uh, aliens, and then this aliens. is this is the revolt of the machines. And unlike some role playing games where you're creating a character, your character is literally you. The whole premise of this is you and your friends got together on game night, and right as you're about ready to start playing, the end of the world starts. That sounds pretty cool. Now I'll, I'll throw in here that it was a huge success with my friends when we went to. Um... Uh, the mountains nearby uh, we were in a, a, a house you know a cabin slash house and we got a chance to play this and they had never heard of it before so all my all my friendly gms out there listen to your uncle jeff you can keep this information from your players try to do so yeah because you go in there you you roll up your tune and you basically it's yourself and then you guys get to exchange information about you know do you agree with this do you disagree let's put in some of this other information and then all of a sudden the GM drops the hammer and says, the invasion happens now, or the zombies break in through the door. What do you have in the house that's going to help you survive? Yeah, because if, <laughs> I know so I know good. for a fact that I know people who if you tell them you play this game based on what you have in your pockets, suddenly they're going to have stuff like their survival knife and, you know, like <laughs> K-rations and because they have this these. Lint, this lint turns into a monofilament whip. I didn't think you, I don't think you knew that. Yeah, like I know people who would who would stack their pockets, make sure their phone is at 100% battery life and Yeah, you've got to you've got to go into this cold like even tell them you're playing something else and then uh and then pull this out, man. But oh, the so the good. cool thing the cool thing I like about this system is is that, you know, you can make, you know, if you, if I say you're playing yourself, you could convince, "Oh, I have this and I have this skill and I'm awesome at this." But every time you when you when it comes down to each stat, you say I'm this and every other player gets to say whether that's true or not. Right. Yeah. And so it's it it's really kind of fascinating. It's really interesting just to see you know how, how you role play you. Yeah. And uh I I I think it's a really interesting system. Uh I that's could I could throw in a couple just real quick just cuz cuz Daniel put in some honorable mentions. Hey, I got a few. Save me some time. I had um, two. Two. So, I mean, I could go on for days about this, but I'll make them real quick. Uh, Chronicles Origins. The reason I bring that up is, one, it's not for sale. 
That's why it's honorable mention. And two, I'm fascinated by the fact that it's a legacy game where the game literally goes into another game. Like, the Chronicle series, supposedly, you play through this one game, and then the results of that game will impact the next game. And so you play the next game based on the results of the previous game, and then you literally get a third game who the results of the previous two games feeds into that game. Uh, it's like Mass Effect. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I have no idea how they're going to be able to pull it off, but apparently you can demo Chronicles this year at Gen Con. I will mention this one real quick just because I think it's interesting. It's a, it's a silly party game. We were mentioning party games, but for if you have an incredibly nerdy crew, uh, bring your own book. For fifteen <laughs> for fifteen bucks, literally, you bring a book and you you draw the card and the card set. You know, it's it's basically apples to apples, but with the text of a book. And so I, I think that's an incredibly nerdy party game that would could be a lot of fun. In the name of Odin, it's Vikings. You're all <laughs> you're all trying to uh, become the Jarl and be the one who who leads your people in the name of Odin. I'm just gonna leave that there because holy crap, that's just it just looks amazing. And then there's the Attack on Titan deck builder, which yeah, I. It's not the Attack on Titan game that I'm hoping, because who is who's designing it? I think it's Antoine Bauza who's doing the Attack mm-hmm. on Titan. Well, they had the uh, they had the uh, what do you call it the uh, prototype last year. Yes, mm-hmm. I, the one where there's actually a Titan, a three dimensional Titan, and your yeah, players yeah. are actually. I, I, I talked about that in the in the Gen Con preview. It's not year. that one. It's just a deck builder, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. still Attack on Titan, awesome. and uh, yeah, so. I, I will post the link to my original list on here, and uh, there's some stuff, obviously, that didn't get mentioned, but yeah, no, there's a lot. I, I'm i limiting myself because there's way too much coming out this year. Well, I'll, I'll, bridge, I'll bridge your honorable mention with one of my own, because as far as what I understand, they're going to have preview copies at Gen Con, not so much available for purchase. And that's our good friends at Cubicle 7 who brought us Victoriana 3rd Edition. They, uh, they, have the, they have the license from Middle Earth, so obviously they have the One Ring RPG that they've had out there for, for a good long while. They're going to be bringing the open gaming license for 5e, and they're going to put that onto Middle Earth. So they're going to be previewing the Adventures in Middle Earth Player's Guide at Gen Con in 2016, and I am so excited. So excited! I don't know how I feel about that. Oh come on, man! Well, it's it's gonna be so good. That's that's just the thing. Like a little bit of the history with with uh, Gary Gygax was he hated when anybody like uh, compared his works to to Lord of the Rings. He could not stand it. He argued people about that. I mean, it's just, you know, I'm just like, uh, I don't know if that's well, it's like uh, It's like Dennis Leary said, you can, you'll can you be able to have your 5e D&D people over here and your 5e Middle-Earth people over there. It'll be perfect. Okay. You know, shiny people over here, happy people over there. Ah, it's, it's an old joke. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, let's see how it looks. Let's see how it plays, how they adapt everything, and then find out. Go from there. The, the big thing I'm curious about, and I was even, it was funny, I was talking to Marty Cannell on, on Twitter about this earlier. The thing about this that I'm intrigued about, but I'm not sure about, is that anytime they come up with a book for a role-playing system, especially if it's a system that I already have books for, 
Mm-hmm. I ask the question, what does this book do that I can't? Slash, I don't want to spend that time on. Right. So if this is literally just a setting book, I've been reading these books since I was a kid. I can come up with a Tolkien scenario. Yeah, but you know what? I have a feeling that Cubicle 7 is going to add their their kind of twist on things. It's quite possible. It's quite possible that that's exactly what they're going to do, and it's going to be fantastic. That's just That is just my reservation about it. Is that yeah. if it's just a setting book, if it's just fluff book, then I, I'm wondering why I'm paying for that book. Well, I have a feeling that it, in those terms, I think it is. I mean, there may be some, you know, play, you know, player stuff in there that's going to change a little bit of the way 5e plays. But I mean, if they're going to be using the OGL in this, then it's not going to deviate too far, if any, from from that gaming, uh, from those rules and that sort of thing. So it'd be kind of play off like a, you know, legend, a sword coast book, you know, it's, it's talking about the sword coast, but it's still kind of a borderline splat. Right. Yeah. So, so I'm, uh, I'm curious. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited. I'll go on the side of super excited. We've got Mike who's curious about it. And then we have Daniel who's, who's upset <laughs> and angry. I can hear his anger all the way over here in California. And it's upsetting. Yeah, you, you can feel it coming upsetting. through the microphone. I can, it, it, and the the heavy breathing doesn't help either. <laughs> I, I always you, breathe heavy. People aren't going to hear it, <laughs> especially bad when you're angry. Oh yeah. All right. Anyway, so let's let me run through my list. It's not terribly long, but uh, I wanted to go through it and some of the reasons why I picked them. Uh, the first one I'm going to pick is it's actually art driven. And I know, Mike, you're going to probably slap me through the internet. So the reason that I first fell in love with Skies was because of the art, not so much the gameplay or the the pieces. No, it was like I was, was because of the art. I was literally uh, listening to an interview, and the designer of the game basically said, "Yeah, no, normally I make the game, and then the art comes later." This was basically I saw the art and said, "A game needs to be based on this art." <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and if you kids like that stuff in Skies, y'all should, you should research diesel punk. That's, I'll just drop that there. Anyway, Dreamwell. Um, it's being, uh, it's a design by Nick Little. It's being put out by Action Phase Games. Um, the artist that's involved, Tara McPherson, some of her art is a little, a little on the blue side, but within the art that's in this game, it's really ethereal, uh, borderline whimsy. Um, but it has kind of like a little a skosh of darkness to it. It's almost kind of like I was telling Mike about this earlier. It's almost kind of like that game Limbo. That It has kind of that feel, maybe with a little less horror. So we'll kind of back up on the horror there. So the game itself, just kind of taking a look at what the preview is here, is it's a two-to-four player game. It's competitive. Um, it, uh, it's where players are trying to locate their lost friends in what's called the Dream Well. And the description here, they have this little uh, write-up that's really cool. It says, In a place outside the waking world where children go while they sleep, wander the dreamkin, lost sleepers whose souls this land seeks to keep. Underneath the gentle waves of lucid seas we fell, we're often to find our missing friends in the vast dream well. So, I mean, it's just super awesome. It gave me chills when I was reading it. I was like, oh, this is going to be good. It does sound a little bit like Forbidden Island, kind of, because it deals with tiles, shifting tiles, that sort of thing. But you're you're able to kind of move the tiles as part of your turn, um, as you move your pawns along to try and you're you're trying find to fr- you're trying to find your friends that are little balloons. Yes, it is. the The pieces are so cool. I mean, 
it's weird depending upon the way you approach the game it kind of can be a little creepy but at the same time it's just whimsical it's just kind of fun so good one it's two to four players it runs anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes so you'll have a little bit of time to play there um but yeah totally digging that one like the feel um, I'll throw a quick mention on, uh, we were talking about games based on things. They have a Goonies game coming out. It's an adventure card game. One to four players. It's cooperative, hand management, et cetera, et cetera. I know, Mike, we kind of chatted about it a few episodes ago that we're kind of, we're scared about what this could be. Yeah, that one but, I, I definitely wanted to see gameplay. Like, Yeah, I want to see it. You had me yeah, at Goonies, yeah. but I, I don't know if the gameplay is going to back that up or not. Right. Exactly. So, I'm, I mean, that's one I'll, I'll leave it there briefly just because it's sticking with the, the, the spirit of the movie and how it works. It's totally cooperative. So I'm, I'm looking forward to how it's going to play. I'm just really hoping, keeping my fingers crossed that it's going to play well. So we'll see about that. Next up, Ape Games is coming out with a thing called Dark is the Night. And it's an adventure bluffing game, and it literally can run one minute to 15 minutes. So if you wanted to throw down a quick card game, or a, a quick bluff game like this, you, you can probably manage it between, you know, maybe waiting for your oil to change or something like that at the mechanics, whatever. And uh, the concept here is a hunter has set up their camp in the dark and dangerous forest, and in the middle of the night, some kind of sound echoes in the darkness, and basically it's just outside of their quote-unquote small firelight. And you're basically, as you're trying to survive the night, the hunter, um, it's a two-player game again, Hunt or be hunted. One player takes the role of the hunter and can move in the lighted spaces around the campfire, while the other player is hiding out, trying to catch them. So, sounds like a little tension game. It'd be kind of fun to play as a quick two or three round game. but uh, Or best of three. <laughs> you mentioned Ape Games, and I gotta say, I there is a game on my, my desperately want-to-own list. Um, the Part of the reason that I don't own it is cost, and part of it is because I know that I'm going to get it at some point, and it's going to be so hard because of I, I know the local gaming landscape around here, mm-hmm. and getting more complex, deeper games to the table is painful around here, which saddens me because they're my favorite. <laughs> Tricarian. Tricarian is a game where you are all playing as as stage magicians who are trying to put together the best act possible. And it looks amazing. It came out a while ago, but it's also been, like, incredibly hard to find. And Ape Games is going to have it at Gen Con. They're going to have copies of Tricarian at the booth at Gen Con. And, uh, I want it so bad. (laughs) Now, I mean, is this how does that compare to like something like Shakespeare? Oh, it's it's way different. This is very okay. much getting materials to put to literally build your tricks. You're also trying to put your tricks in other people's performances so that yeah, they're performing, but you're actually getting your trick and they have to like pay you for your trick in their show. Yeah. Like there's there oh, it's so good. <laughs> Well, sounds awesome. I look forward to hearing it uh, once it comes out. Is that Tricarian you said, yeah? Yeah. Awesome. I dig it. Yeah, it's been out for a while, but it's been hard to find, and they'll have it there at Gen Con. (laughs) Awesome. 
Well, uh, let's see here. The next one I have is a deduction game. Um, I do have a lot of fun with these types of plays where you have, you know, it's got four players. So you can have two to six, but four looks like to be the ideal. But it is last Friday, or the last Friday. It's from Aries Games, Pendergon Game Studio, kind of put together there. We, but, we uh, all have a, that one major IP game. Yeah. Friday yeah, the so 13th. So you get your young campers. You're hanging out for a long weekend in the forest, and guess what? There's a psychopath out to kill you. So um, it it looks like a lot of fun. You know, it looks like just something that you would put together on like a crazy night. You watch Friday the Thirteenth, and then you drift right into this uh, and play this game, or maybe do it beforehand, whatever. But it looks like a lot of fun. Um, let's see here, and then in keeping with the theme of prepping for stars without numbers, I would be remiss in not mentioning ray guns and rocket ships. Um, it's a it's a two to four from uh, a two to four player from Bed Bug Games. It's a fighting. It's got miniatures. It's got sci-fi. You get to be planeteers, astro rangers, star pirates, the Blarg, which is the alien <laughs> race, or the reptilian Zard. And uh, it's basically an action strategy game that's inspired by all the old pulp era, um, pulp era games. Uh, the miniatures are are decent. They're not, you know, they're not something to cry home about. But at the same time, the gameplay looks like it'd be a lot of fun, um, especially if you like, you know. I, I usually go towards the co-op games, but the fighting games look like it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, I. I Honorable mention, another one for me, just because I know it's something that I don't think I'll ever, kind of what you were talking about, Mike, being able to bring it to the table and get somebody to play with me, um, is 1750, Britain versus France. Mm. Um, it's an all-out war game um, during the Age of Reason. It's, oh my gosh, it's like some of the, 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 the period of time that I totally love uh, when it comes to this. You know, it's during that Austrian, the War of the Austrian Succession uh, after the Seven Years' War, I mean, it's just, oh my gosh, it's just got everything that I love about historical, historically set games. Um, if this was if this was set during, you know, Trafalgar or if it was set, you know, during that time, I mean, I'd even be more excited. But, uh, yeah, it, it kind of scratches that itch when it comes to things like, you know, Access and Allies or, or, or any of those other big war game offerings. So, uh, so yeah, and one I'll just slip in there at the last. Fantasy Flight's coming out with Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Yeah, they for, are uh, for their Star Wars game. I'm really looking forward to that one. I even though I haven't played any other ones, this one I'm looking forward to just because <laughs> Star Wars. That's why. <laughs> it's always a good reason. <laughs> yeah, you, you you don't need another reason. That's, that's it. You're that's it. you're among friends. All right. Good. Actually, I, can, I use I that that story. answer all the time. My wife's like, "Why didn't you take out the trash?" Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> uh, what? Why did you feed the kids ice cream for dinner? Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I will just, you know, it has nothing to do with Gen Con, but I will just kind of say it. One, uh, they started putting out the, the campaign materials for Star Wars Armada, yeah, which looks awesome. And I'm also super excited. The, and I can't wait till they start showing up in Armada and or X-Wing. I'm hoping it would be Armada because it just fits. But when when Star Wars kind of got, you know, sold to Disney, they Disney basically said, look, the, the extended universe, it's all gone. It's not canon. It's not legit. But occasionally they're bringing some of the things back. 
And one person who all of us were holding our breath saying, oh, you have to bring him back, is Admiral Thrawn. Yeah, baby. He is officially back in. He is in cartoons. He's going to be in toys. He's going to be... I'm super looking forward to the day when I can get some kind of like imperial nastiness and put Thrawn at the helm. And and in on April 11th next year, Timothy Zahn's novel Star Wars Thrawn yes comes out. Yep. So yeah, there's that too. <laughs> yep, that's that's our you know if we weren't nerdy enough as it was. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a fitting close. Is just us nerding out. About a a blue skinned alien admiral. All right. Uh, I, again, I will put as many links as I can possibly shove into the show notes for this one. Uh, I'll put the BGG preview list, which is just ridiculously huge. Uh, there's lots of stuff on here that we didn't even begin to hint at. I'll put my preview uh, that that I kind of brought everything down to a more manageable kind of size. I'll put that a link on there as well. Uh, I'm sure I mentioned some other links earlier on in the show. I can't remember them off the top of my head, but because of the fact that I'm editing this, I'll be sure to <laughs> to <laughs> find them as I go. Hey guys, um, a little bit of extra information here. We we, we kind of ran over, and, and some things I wanted to add um, here is you know we talk about board games a lot and how awesome they are and what we're expecting and what we're waiting for. But one of the coolest things about Gen Con this year is that I get to meet a lot of you. Uh, from the regulars from the tavern and, you know, from some of my other groups that I'm in. And, um, you know, that's kind of the reasons why we do what we do is, is for those relationships that we get to build with each other. And, you know, if, if you want to hunt me down, that's fine. Uh, message me on Facebook. I will meet you somewhere. You know, if you see me, I'll probably be with, uh, Kevin carrying all 500 pounds of his dice around for him. You know, I'll I'll be a little bit over at the Norse Foundry as well because they'll be selling my dice towers for me. Um, but yeah, it, you know, I I know TR is going to be there and and uh, we're going to go out and eat one night. And you know, I I would just love to be able to sit down with somebody and just have a have a cup of coffee and just chit chat for a while too. Um, but yeah, just look for me and um, see you there. And all right, it's redemption time. The last time I let let Daniel do this. We had some kind of weird ridiculousness, and I just kept it because it just felt right. <laughs> it it felt right to be that wrong. It's redemption time. We've given Daniel a script. Come on, man. Come on, man. You can do it. All right, Daniel. Close us out. Always remember that God is the game master, and no matter how the dice fall, the game plays on. There it is. Yeah. <laughs>